2: Welcome back. This is the Steve Moore uh, More Money Show, M-O-O-R-E, the More Money Show, every Saturday afternoon at 1 p.m. on WABC Talk Radio, the number one talk radio station in these United States. We also uh, have affiliates throughout the country listening, so thank you so much for our reg- regular listeners. Our ratings have been very solid, so I'm, I'm very appreciative uh, and thankful for Those who listen to the show regularly, if you're new to the show, we talk a lot about finance, we talk a lot about the economy, we talk a little bit about politics, and we talk about America. And this is freedom of speech radio. And by that, I mean, when I take callers at the end of the show, I like to hear from people with all different political perspectives, Democrats, Republicans, men, women, by the way, I... For those of you who are your list, regular listeners to the show, you know that I love when the ladies call in because I sometimes I learn more from the ladies, I think, from the men. Uh, this is a wonderful, wonderful weekend. I, my favorite weekend of the year is Thanksgiving weekend. It is just such a great time for faith and friends and family and country. And uh, what a great, great, great country this is to celebrate. Um For all of our problems, let's not forget that this is the greatest nation in the history of the world. But let's not forget that everyone around the world, um, when they want to immigrate from their home, where do they want to come to? They want to come to these great United States because people still see this as a great land of opportunity, a colorblind society. Yes, I'm going to say that. I think America is the least racist country in the world. And if somebody has an opposite opinion on that, call in. I want to hear from you. But there's no country in the world where minorities have higher living standards than the United States. Why is it that the Hispanics from all over South and Central America are flooding at the border trying to get into this great country? Why is it that so many of the Eastern Europeans from the Russians, Ukrainians, Poles, Hungarians, Lithuanians, Czechs want to come to the United States? Why are there so many Europeans in this country? Um, it's an amazing, amazing country. And it, by the way, it is a gorgeous, gorgeous day. I, I'm in um, suburban uh, Washington, D.C. Yes, I live in the swamp. And I live in Maryland. And it is just a crystal clear, beautiful day with a blue sky. And, uh, you know, it's uh, mid-50s, so beautiful day to get out and uh, take a walk and enjoy the fresh air and get some exercise and enjoy the sunshine. And I've said it so many times for the last two years, during the, all during COVID, you know, the best antiseptic the best way to stay healthy get outside get some exercise enjoy the wonderful wonderful nourishment of sunshine and fresh air Um, okay so this topic of the day for this show is do you think the american dream is still alive and well i ask that because david sokol who is a, a very successful businessman and has a new book out with my friend adam brannan called american perspective and david believes and we're going to hear from him at the bottom of the hour about why it is that america is so successful and he believes uh to the marrows of his bones that the american dream is alive and well and that anyone can succeed in this great country of ours and after we hear from david i want to hear from you do you believe that the american dream is alive and well I was looking at some polling that came out a few weeks ago, and this is not new that most Americans think it's going to be more difficult for their children to achieve the American dream to achieve happiness and financial success and uh, a rewarding career and by the way, financial success is not a key to happiness I mean it certainly helps <laughs> to be financially successful it's better to be rich than poor, but it is no guarantee that you're going to be happy it's it's how you serving your fellow man are you making the world a better place are you do you have a reason to get up in the morning um and so uh, i believe yes the american dream is still alive and well i worry about our school system i listen i really worry because i have let's see i have two teenage boys who we had to pull out of the public schools and i live in montgomery county maryland we're supposed we pay some of the highest property taxes in the country for our schools and i just i couldn't take the curriculum anymore it was the curriculum was so anti-america what what country in the world other than the united states has their children learn about their country's history and the history books are filled with what a terrible country we are we're racist we're sexist we killed all the indians we we are exploiters we're colonists but we've caused all the problem in the world how about joe biden going uh to um the Middle East for that carbon reduction climate change conference and promising for the rest of the world. I mean, my blood is boiling about this folks. I mean, literally boiling that the president of the United States says we, the United States of America, owe these other countries quote reparations. Wait a minute. We who saved the world from fascism, we the country who saved the world from communism, We who have saved tens and hundreds of millions of lives through our uh, development of of everything from drugs to vaccines to incredible products, uh, the technology sector that's made everybody better off. I mean, you can go to the poorest countries in Africa and they have iPhones in these countries. How is it that we owe these other countries money? We have spent. Uh, over the last 25 years, uh, r- roughly one half trillion dollars in foreign aid to other countries, Joe Biden, half a trillion dollars. What have they given to us? <laughs> Tell us what, what have they done for us? You know what they've done for us? They've given us some of their hardest working people. The immigrants who come here are such great assets to this country. And, and I find, by the way, I, I give a lot of talks on college campuses, that um, the people who immigrate here who have lived under communism, whether they come from Korea or whether they come from Cuba, whether they come from Argentina, Venezuela, whether they come from the Eastern European countries like Poland and Russia and Czechoslovakia and and Hungary, they know what it's like to live under socialism, communism, fascism, and they come to the United States for freedom. So I'm sorry, folks. I don't want to hear Joe Biden say that we owe the rest of the world tens, if not hundreds of billions of dollars. And our our apparent sin, our apparent sin as a country is that we've used fossil fuels. Oh, we use fossil fuels. You know what? Fossil fuels are what ignited the Industrial Revolution. It was what moved us out of the Dark Ages and out of the Stone Ages into the modern technological industrial age. The Industrial Revolution was a revolution in energy. When we started using Um, coal and oil and gas, which were, uh, you know, orders of magnitude more efficient and reliable sources of energy. And energy is the master resource. And now we have a president Joe Biden who says, hey, the United States has to stop using those fuels. Huh? Huh? We get 70% of our energy, Joe, from coal, oil, diesel, those are what make uh, those are what, are what allow us to drive our cars. Those a lot, what, uh, what power our factories. They power our technology. You know, I've told this many times before on the show, but when I give lectures on college campuses, even some of the top schools, the Dukes and the Northwesterns and the Princeton's and the Harvard's, and I ask these kids who are, you know, these are supposed to be our smartest kids, right? They got into these Ivy League schools. I say, do you know where your electric power comes from here? And they look at me like in a strain, their you know jaws drop, and, and they look at me with a duh look. And They say, well, it comes right out of that socket in the wall. You see those little holes in the, in the wall where the, you put the plug in? That's where the energy comes from. These kids are so stupid, they don't even know where the electric power comes from. And it's not coming from wind and solar power. It's coming from coal and natural gas and nuclear power. Some of it comes in solar, from solar and wind, but not much of it. So my point is, this is a great, great country. We have some people who, it seems to me, do not appreciate this country and don't want America to be America. That's what scares me, both in changing our culture, our economy, our society. Um, when Joe Biden talks about a what – what's that word he uses? That we Oh, a transition – and a transformation to something else. And I don't even know what he's talking about. Does he want to transition and transform America into a socialist country? Because he's spent and borrowed $4 trillion. If he's trying to do that, we're all on the way to socialism, folks, with this massive borrowing and spending and taxing. Uh, we're getting close to the government sector or our economy being almost as large as our private sector. And, you know, as my old friend Phil Graham, the great senator from Texas, used to say, at some point, if you put too many people in the wagon, there aren't going to be okay. a lot of people left to pull the wagon. And so we need to get back to indi- individual initiative. We need to get back to work. We need to get back to free enterprise. We need to get back to incentives, incentivize people to be great, to learn, and to build businesses. And I want to salute one group before we take our first. Uh, uh, break and hear from uh, the pains. We're going to talk about the financial situation, but um, I really, truly believe that if we were to get back to the Trump policies, and I, I'm a little biased, folks. I did have the privilege of working for Donald Trump and advising him since 2015 uh, in his first term in office, and he made mistakes, no question about it. Trump made mistakes. Every president makes mistakes. Even Ronald Reagan and George Washington made mistakes. But overall, you've got to look back and say he really knew what he was doing. He he really knew how to manage an economy. We've got this rail strike coming up, and I don't think that kind of thing would happen if Trump were president. I don't think that the Russians would be in Ukraine right now if Trump were president. I don't think we'd be facing... 8%, 9%, 10% inflation today if, it weren't for, if we still had Trump in the White House. I don't think we'd have to go begging and uh, the Saudis and the Iranians and the Venezuelans and the OPEC countries to increase their oil if Trump were president because we'd be producing so much more of it. I don't think we would have uh, left Afghanistan with the tail between our legs if, if Trump were still president. So I think we know what the right thing is to do, to make this country great and let me put it this way to keep the country great because we are a great country so i'm going to side on the uh on the uh, side of that we are going to prevail as a country we're not going to be overtaken by china or russia or any of these other countries that want to knock us off our pedestal america will continue to be the great leader of the world and we will get richer and we will become the nation that everyone wants to come to because it is a land that God smiles upon, and I believe that, as Ronald Reagan once said it's divine providence that made America this great beacon of freedom okay that's my Thanksgiving weekend message to you folks. If you agree or disagree with me, I want to hear from you our uh, our eight hundred number that more Money hotline. Don't call now because we're going to hear from the Pains, but 1 800 848 9222. Call it about, you know, in about 20 minutes or so. 1 800 848 9222. This is the More Money Show. I'm Steve Moore, and we will be right back.
3: If you're suffering from ED, you're not alone. 60% of men over 60 have this problem. Help is out there. The professionals at Elevate Wellness can help you be the man you used to be. They've helped thousands of patients and have a 96% success rate. What are you waiting for? Call 973-354-2276. 973-354-2276. Your first visit is only $99. ElevateWellnessGroup.com. Help is out there. ElevateWellnessGroup.com.
1: More money with leading economist, Steve Moore. Now here's your host, Steve Moore.
2: Welcome back folks for this special Thanksgiving weekend edition of the more money show on WABC talk radio. And as always, I'm privileged to have, uh, Bob and Ryan Payne, two of the best in the business in terms of telling us what's going on in this, these wacky financial markets, uh, (laughs) Gentlemen, I hope you both had a great Thanksgiving, and thanks for joining me this afternoon.
0: Hey, great great to to be be here, Steve. Steve. Hope you enjoyed it as well.
2: So let's get to it. Uh, This is a roller coaster ride. Uh, This was another pretty good week for the stock market. Um, Now, I'm hearing one of the things I'm hearing about on the economy, and and I'd like your guys' reaction, is that uh, obviously this is the start of the big, big Christmas season, hugely important for America's retailers. And some of the kind of initial signs are that the uh, shopping is a little bit down from last year. Uh, that may mean that consumers are being pinched by this inflation. Uh, do you expect a good Christmas season? How do you feel about the retail sector of our economy?
4: Hey,
0: Ryan, I'll let you take that question.
4: Uh, well, no, I, you know, I, like, I like to quote Bob Dylan. You don't need a weatherman to know which way the wind blows. And I think, <laughs> you know, what we've seen this year is the death of consumer has been, you know, grossly exaggerated. Um, You know, what you've seen here is everyone's talking about this recession. uh, Uh Spending's going to fall off a cliff. And, you know, the consumer's not getting that memo, Steve. So I I think that's going to continue through the holiday season. We saw some retailers had great numbers this week. The Gap, uh, Abercrombie & Fitch, Best Buy. Uh I don't think yeah. I've been in a uh, gap since the 90s, but you know, the <laughs> is, it's been a long time. But I think the point is, is the consumer, the one thing you're seeing so month strong. after month is in good shape, and that should definitely pull through the holiday season.
2: So you're not worried as much as I am about the increase in consumer debt and credit card debt because it, assets are growing and the incomes are growing.
4: Yeah, I think it's a big part of it. And you look at just the amount of stimulus that's been, been spent. It's about a quarter of the $1 to $2 trillion that people have in their bank account. They haven't spent it all down yet. And to your point, wages are still going up. And you know, look, we look at inflation on the ground floor, for all intents and purposes, is starting to come down. So if inflation comes down and wages stay strong, which you think is highly likely, that's going to put the consumer in a pretty good shape, not only through the holiday season, but really lining up for a decent year next year as well.
2: So many economists are predicting a recession in 2023, although economists don't have a very good track record of predicting these things. So uh, let's just assume that that they're right and that we go to into uh, a recession, not a deep one, but uh, another you know period of some negative growth. Is that if that's going to be the case? And obviously, we don't know what holds forth for the economy in 2023. What is the investment strategy? in a, in know, economy that's in retreat.
0: Well, that's why, you know, investing is so difficult, Steve. It's so counterintuitive, right? Uh-huh. You think the market's reacting to the news that's happening today, but it's actually very forward-looking. You know, there's millions and millions of transactions right. done by different individuals and institutions, and they look forward. And what happens is that we've said many times in the last couple of months, people say, I don't want to invest until markets settle down. Well, markets don't settle down. They settle up. And they're already looking past, you know, a slowdown or a rolling recession. And the market's smarter than all of us. And if, um, you know, whenever whenever anybody asks me, you know, what do we think we should follow? I said, follow the market. And the market's been Uh heading higher this year. Matter of fact, we're starting to see a lot of areas of the market that aren't even down for the year anymore. They're actually up year to date.
2: Now, we're seeing uh, a bit of a – the dollar that has been so strong over the last year or so is – Started to fall a bit. I think my buddy Larry Kudlow was saying the dollar fell by about six percent in the last month or so. And so, uh, what does that mean for the economy?
4: I think it's very good, um, right? Because from a, from an export perspective, it's been very, very hard for us to to export yeah. anything because the dollar's been so strong. It's great for the global economy, which is great for the U.S. as well, right? A lot of those earnings in the S and P five hundred. Uh, they get They become a lot better when all of a sudden you 're not converting back to dollars at such a, such a high price on the dollar so I think some some weakness in the dollar is healthy and you 're seeing the global markets they rallied like twenty percent in the last three weeks. Right. so you know I think when the global economy does well that 's good for the u s we 're all interconnected at this point, and we get to a point where you 're at really an extreme level in the dollar um, with interest rates they 're starting to pull back here a little bit. So everything's starting to ease off. And I think that's very good for not just the U.S. economy, but uh, but economies around the world. The uh, inverted
2: yield curve is something that worries uh, investors because that is oftentimes not always, but oftentimes correlated with a coming recession. What is your response to the inverted yield curve? Which, by the way, for those who are not investor experts, that means that the short term rates are higher than the longer term rates.
0: Yeah, well, first of all, that speaks of the opportunity, Steve. Uh, so it's opportunity to get some of your cash invested at a much higher rate than you've been sitting with, like a zero return, right. on you know, cash for the last ten years. But you're also seeing the ten-year Treasury yield start to drop, which is also good for the housing market, good for the economy. You mm-hmm. know, we're looking at uh, the ten-year Treasury's under three eighty now. You know, it was over yeah. almost four four point two, percent Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so basically, what the What it's signaling is there's going to slow down, and that's what the Federal Reserve has been trying to do, and I think they're doing a fantastic job. We're getting a softening of the economy. (laughs) It's starting to weaken, right? Inflation's coming down, and, you know, the monetary policy is actually working. So you know, do we get a recession? Maybe we get a rolling recession, get a slowdown. Call Mm it whatever you want. But I think Mm -hmm. the worst is behind us, and the market's looking past us and looking at peak peak inflation, peak interest rates, and looking for the market to hit all-time record highs again next year. So I'm I'm looking at
2: the – Sorry, go ahead.
4: Now, I just make a point there, Bob. I think you're the only one who said that the Fed's done a good job. You might be the only person in America that said that, so congratulations. But go ahead. Steve. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, the uh, the uh, you know idea
2: that I is stuck in my mind is that you know as I look historically, you know I'm more of a political economist, and I've looked over the like 50 years, and you guys know this. I think a lot of our listeners know this that the market has tended to perform better. When you've had divided power in Washington, when you have the checks and balances uh, that our forefathers set up, you know, so that you would have a bit of gridlock built into the political system. And I I don't know about you guys. I think a little uh, gridlock in Washington is a good thing. And I wonder if you agree with that and how, you know, Republicans seem dedicated to trying to bring some of this. Government spending and debt down, we'll see if they accomplish that. They have a very slim majority in the House, but they do. the important thing is they do have the majority. So how do you think that should figure into people's investing?
4: No, we won't answer all at once. Yeah, I, I, we love it, right? from You're absolutely right. Divided government is great uh, for markets. And whenever you have the midterm elections, historically, uh, markets tend to perform at an average return of like 18% over the next 6 to 12 months. So seasonality is great and the gridlock is great from a market perspective. Just another reason why you don't want to wait to get invested here. Um, you know, Bob made the best point today. It's like, you know, markets aren't going to go sideways. They're not going to settle down. They're going to settle up. And we've already seen that in the international markets and they move 20% in three weeks. You can't catch that move. You've got to be invested already. And with seasonality looking very, very good here, it's just another reason why don't wait. If you've got to get your money invested for the long term to get retired, stay retired, do it now.
2: So I want to ask you one, guys, one other question. I don't think we'll be able to get through this whole discussion because I think it's really important today, but because we only, (coughs) excuse me, we've only got a couple minutes left, but um, I'm nervous about this trend of what's called ESG investing. And, uh, you know, this is, you know, putting environmental concerns and social justice concerns and other things like that in front of, In front of just getting high returns for investors. First of all, do you guys do ESG investing?
0: No, we really don't, Steve. I I, I've served on a lot of uh, boards, a lot of religious boards over the last fifty years, and and believe it or not, I was usually ahead of the investment committee. Um, Right. And um, you know, every (laughs) time we looked at social responsible investing or ESG, you know, um, it it, it, it underperforms, doesn't it? It underperforms. It's hard to implement it's hard to um, you know to follow and what we decided on almost in every one of our situation was that we'll make the most money we can that the markets will allow us to make and then you know we'll exercise these social responsible issues you know through the mission of that order or that community that we are working with and you know we, we contact a lot of companies and say hey what about this and that yeah. concern they don't really care what i think that's what yeah. i found out you know their job is to you know deliver return to their shareholders and uh, so I think you know we all want to be responsible, but let's make a lot of money uh, taking advantage well, of the history of the financial markets, and then implement yeah. our strategies accordingly.
2: So, Bob, my my thinking on this is you know you make the money for the investors, and then they they can do the social, work. <laughs> you yes. know, with the money that you make for them, yeah. they can give to the groups they want. Yeah. Ryan, uh, any thoughts on
4: that? Oh yeah, I'd say by the way, ESG has really just been a scam for Wall Street to charge right. you more money on your investments. Yes. the average ESG yes. fund is like. 40, 50 basis points higher. And it's just wow. like, yeah, it, it's so vague. You know, there's there's no real way to quantify it. No matter what they tell you, it, it's impossible to do it. Um, so I think if anything, it's a marketing scheme on Wall Street, which we try to defend our clients against. At well, all we saw costs. that with the RTX,
2: right? Uh, the, the company that, that that's cryptocurrency that's going and bankrupt. And <laughs> so I think that's a good point. Well, look, we're almost out of time. Would you guys please, uh, you know, look, my, my point is, if you want to make money, folks, uh, you might want to uh, give a call to Ryan about Payne and, and you provide a pre- free consultation. Can you remind people how to do that?
4: Absolutely. Uh, if you call or text at eight, four, four, seven, five, two, six, six, nine, two, if you saved over a million dollars for your financial retirement, simply call or text at eight, four, four, seven, five, two, six, six, nine, two. We'll do our total financial master plan at eight, four, four, seven, five, two, six, six, nine, two. Yeah, and if you think to yourself right now, you could use a full review of your assets, of your retirement plan. Well, here's your shot to do it. We literally have 10 slots. We keep it open for the whole show. If you saved over a million dollars for your retirement plan, you simply have to call or text at 844-752-6692. We will build you your own personalized financial portal. We're going to do a full financial analysis. No firm out there will do this work up front. We're going to hone in on every single financial issue you need to address today. We're going to look at income. Do you have an income plan for retirement? How are you going to draw from your portfolios? How are you going to factor in inflation running at a 40-year high? How do you take Social Security? We're going to put together a full income plan, show you how to draw from your portfolio over time and not run out of money. We're going to look at diversification. Are you getting hit hard this year as markets have been extremely volatile? Are you taking way too much risk or are you sitting with way too much money in cash, earning nothing while inflation runs high, we're going to put together a full diversified strategy for you to show you how to grow your wealth, but most importantly, protect it over the rest of your life. And we're going to look at fees and taxes. Wall Street just loves to tell you high cost products like those annuities, mutual funds, ESG, insurance products, you name it. We're going to go through every investment you own, show you where all the high costs are, show you how to reduce it and optimize your portfolio for taxes. It's not what you make. It's what you take. We're going to put together a full text game plan. If you call our text right now, we only have 10 slots. If you've saved over a million dollars for your retirement.
0: All you have to do is text or call 844-752-6692. That's 844-752-6692. Or just simply call 844-PLAN-NYC. That's 844-PLAN-NYC. If you're one of our next 10 callers, you've saved over a million dollars for your retirement our team of financial advisors and certified financial planners will create for you your own total financial master plan. Now, there's no obligation. There's no cost. So there's strings attached, but you won't have a plan. If you don't text or call 844-752-6692. That's 844-752-6692 or just simply call 844-PLAN-NYC.
4: So, Bob, you know, at our firm, our boutique firm here in New York City, Payne Capital Management, of course, that's P-A-Y-N-E. We also have an office in Jacksonville, outside Philadelphia, our hometown. Go Eagles, which I probably shouldn't say on a New York station, but that's another story altogether. Um, You know, all we do is focus on financial planning. And we've gotten a lot of great questions lately. I thought we could just run through with our listeners. In fact, if you ever had a question for myself or Bob, simply go to bbush.com slash questions that's BeBullish.com slash questions. We actually answer all your questions directly. <clears throat> so you know, I thought I'd go through a couple of questions we got recently that I think everyone can learn from. And the first one is, hi, Ryan and Bob. What percentage should I have in my portfolio of assets that protect against inflation? Currently, I'm holding 7% in a natural resources ETF or exchange traded fund. But is this enough to do the job? Well, you know, I think what a lot of you don't realize is that all
0: equities, whether they're oil companies or natural resource companies um, or uh, companies that in both domestic and non-U.S. Uh, stocks, are all inflation hedges because companies can take these cost increases and ultimately pass it on to the end user or the consumer. So basically all stocks are an inflation hedge. Now, when inflation rears its ugly head like it did this year, you're saying, well, Bob, it's an inflation hedge. Right. How come the market went down? Well, it doesn't hedge against inflation immediately. It takes a little while yeah. for them to pass those uh those gains. You know, those increases in price along. but we're already seeing it with large cap value stocks. Right. They're already up for the year.
4: Yeah, that's right. A lot of parts of the market are now up. Right. You look at like we call them old school companies like Pepsi and Coca-Cola. They're up for the year and they've been able to raise their prices. So if you're the shareholder, like to your point, Bob, you benefit from that. You know, commodities are another great area to have in your portfolio to defend it against inflation. You know, we believe that if you're going to run a portfolio for retirement, you want to cover all your asset classes. And commodities should be a part of that, too. You know, commodities are up close to 20 percent this year. That's a great hedge. And historically, commodities do very well when inflation's a lot higher. And, you know, with the 50 portfolios or so a month we review, we probably see more portfolios than anybody. I can tell you right now, most of you don't have that exposure in your portfolio. And, you know, you really want to position your portfolio for the future. And we know inflation is probably going to be higher than it's been. Um, financial conditions are a lot tighter. So, you know, having a, a better vast array of asset classes is really beneficial. So you really want to make sure that your portfolio is inflation hedged and a lot of you aren't.
0: Well, you know, Ryan, the, the big problem with inflation going up is interest rates going up. Now, that may be a problem if you own a long-term, long-duration bond investment like a bond fund. And that's why we're big promoters and big believers in owning individual bonds, high-quality only, um, you know, that have a fixed rate of return, have a fixed maturity date. Because what happens is that when you have that type of an investment, the worst that can happen is you get all your money back and you get to reinvest, hopefully at a higher interest rate. So if interest rates are higher... You want to own individual bonds. Now, doesn't mean bond funds can't work, but if you're sitting there right now with a bond fund down 18 to 25%, aren't you really hoping and wishing that you had individual bonds that were going to come due where you knew exactly when you get your money back? You know, it's, uh, it's yeah. very comforting, but also it's a good way to hedge against inflation.
4: Well, it's a great point because now if you're at retirement or getting close to retirement, we call that the financial red zone in that five to 10 years, you you really got to start thinking about building protection into your portfolio. And it's so critical that you have a component of your portfolio, you know you're getting your principal back. Let's face it, stock market's a great place to invest long-term, but there's no day in the future that I can tell you you're getting your money back. And I think that's the biggest assessment you have to make right now is, you need a different portfolio when you're in that wealth distribution stage. You know, When you're younger, in your 30s, 40s, it doesn't really matter if the market goes up and down because you can make it up. You have time and you're in your peak mm-hmm. earning years. You can keep saving. But when you get to that end, you know, that fork in the road where now you're going to start being dependent on your money, you've really got to make those adjustments. You know, you've got to make sure you own your bonds. You have inflation hedges in your portfolio. You're not over-concentrated in things like technology, hoping it's going to come back. These are some of the bigger mistakes that we're seeing you make today. And you've got to make those changes now. You can't wait. Hey, Ryan, you know,
0: I, I, I watch a lot of financial news stations uh, because, you know, a lot of our advisors are on Fox Business and on CNBC. And every 15 minutes, there's a commercial about how gold is a great inflation hedge. Or <laughs> some guy was on the other day telling me that cryptocurrencies were not only a store of value,
4: but they were a hedge against inflation. Now, what do you think yeah. about that? I think it's a bunch of BS, Bob. Um, if, you, if you look at gold, Complete misconception, right? We're, we're at a 40 year high in inflation and gold is actually down for the year. So it's not working as an inflation hedge. And if we know, we go back in history, gold is a horrible inflation hedge. You know, it's only been a really good one maybe in the 70s. But if you go back and inflation-adjusted prices, gold is still below the value it was in 1980. That's a terrible, terrible place to put your money so I think that's one of the misconceptions you hear a lot about, is is how gold is such an important asset class to have in your portfolio. Well, history will prove you wrong.
0: Well, cryptocurrencies, they tell me, are a store of value and a hedge against inflation. <laughs>
4: <laughs> what happened to that uh, strategy? Well, I'm going to steal your quote. Uh, owning cryptocurrencies is a hedge against making money. <laughs> so... <laughs> You know, I, I think, and it's so important right now, you know, you really need to reevaluate what you're doing because you can clearly see, and we made this, this point in the first segment today, is that there's a lot of, let me say it again, you know, you made a really good point. Is there, there's a lot of parts of the market that are starting to work um, that are, in fact, inflation hedges. So it, it's just, you have to reevaluate. The paradigm shift has changed. You're getting close to retirement now, and you've got to make different decisions when it comes to your portfolio. I can't stress it enough.
0: Hey, Ryan, you know, another uh, listener called us the other day and said, you know, I believe in your evangelism of always being diversified, but you don't have a ton of stock or cash rather on the sidelines. How do you manage portfolios to capitalize on this crazy volatility if you don't keep a lot of
4: cash? Well, I mean, the bottom line is if you're in a diversified portfolio this year, you're not down that much. You know, if you look at it right now, you're probably down under 10 percent for the year and and the year's not over yet. So I think the point there is when your money is invested, it's compounding all the time. What, What that means is your portfolio is generating dividends and interest. In fact, this year, even with markets all over the place, we're having a record year in cash flow. So think about this. If you're retired now and you have a properly diversified portfolio, your cash flow is actually going up this year, irrespective of the fact that the markets are volatile. And those dividend and interest payments are very reliable, And that's what you need in retirement. You need a reliable strategy where you know you have income coming in every year and you're getting a raise this year if your money's invested. If you're sitting in cash, you're still earning nothing. That's a horrible strategy for retirement.
0: No, I absolutely agree with you, Ryan. This is not the only volatile markets we've had. I mean, two years ago, we had the pandemic, 2020. We had the market go down 35% in five weeks. But you know what happened during that five weeks? Bonds went up. So what was happening if you were a truly diversified investor, you're able to actually take profits on a portion of your bond portfolio and invest in stocks when they were on sale. So it's not, you know, it's, when you have a diversified portfolio, you don't need to do something every day because every day you're actually making money. If you own individual bonds, you're accruing interest. It's your money, it's your return. It's yours, right? Yours to keep. Your your stocks pay dividends every three months, every quarter. So you're actually accruing return by staying invested. You don't have to make big moves. You just have to make the right moves at the right time. And the market will always tell you where you need to be.
4: Yeah. So if you're thinking to yourself right now, like I need a game plan like that. I need to figure out what cash flow is coming in for retirement. What can I live off of? I got to factor in inflation. Here's your shot to do it. We have five slots left. If you've saved over a million dollars for your retirement plan, give us a call or text at 844-752-6692. Bob and I will run for you, our total financial master plan. We'll do that at no obligation or cost. It's a full holistic review. No other firm out there we will do this work up front at no cost. We build you your own financial portal. We're going to hone in on every financial issue you've got to address today, whether it's an income plan, how to take social security, how to draw from your portfolio and not run out of money. Inflation is going to make your costs double over the next 20 years. You need a game plan for that. We're going to look at diversification. Have you gotten hit hard this year as markets are all over the place or are you sitting in cash? Paralysis by analysis, your money's earning nothing, while inflation's at a 40-year high. We'll put together a full investment game plan, show you how to grow your wealth, but most importantly, protect it over the rest of your life, and we'll look at fees and taxes. Wall Street just loves to sell you high-cost products with those annuities, insurance products, mutual funds, brokerage products. We go through every investment you own. We show you how to reduce the cost on everything, and we're going to show you how to optimize your portfolio for taxes our complete tax guide. It's so not what you make, it's what you take. You're going to get our whole tax playbook. We literally have five slots left. If you've saved over a million dollars for your retirement.
0: All you have to do is text or call 844-752-6692. That's 844-752-6692. Or just simply call 844-PLAN-NYC. That's 844 a n n y c. nyc If you're one of our next five callers, you've saved over a million dollars for your retirement Our team of financial advisors and certified financial planners will help you to create your own unique total financial master plan. No obligation, no cost, but there won't be a plan if you don't take advantage right now. Call 844-752-6692, that's 844-752-6692, or just simply call 844-PLANNYC, that's 844-PLANNYC.
4: Hey, everyone, have a great Thanksgiving weekend. We appreciate all of you. If you want to learn more about our firm, Payne Capital Management, of course, that's P-A-Y-N-E. Simply go to BeBullish.com, check out our podcast. Any questions you want to ask Bob and I, go to BeBullish.com slash questions. Well,
2: two of the best in the business, uh, that's uh, Bob and Ryan Payne of Payne Capital Management. Gentlemen, uh, have a uh, great rest of your Thanksgiving weekend, and we will be right back. This is the More Money Show on WABC.
0: This is Bob Payne, Chief Investment Strategist here at Payne Capital Management, hoping everyone is enjoying their friends and family over this happy holiday Thanksgiving Day weekend. This week on the Street of Dreams, markets moved higher, which isn't really a surprise since it seems to happen every year as Thanksgiving week marks the official start of the holiday season. Markets moved higher on economic indicators pointing to a slowdown in the economy and anecdotal evidence of a further drop in inflation. On Wednesday, U.S. manufacturing and U.S. services PMIs were both weaker. They're now solidly in contraction territory, with manufacturing coming in at 47.6 and services hitting a low of 46.1. Now, remember, 50 is the dividing line. Above 50 indicates expansion and below 50 indicates contraction. Now, in addition, Jerome Powell and his Gang of 12 released the minutes of the recent meeting of the FOMC, that's the Federal Operating Market Committee, whom they revealed what the market seemed to already know. The Fed is prepared to slow down the increment of interest rate increases, but not the pace of them, at least not yet. So the sense is that 50 basis points is now the expected increase in rates in December, and that 50 more is likely to come in the late January meeting. The December minutes, which will come out in January, will reveal beyond that. Currently, investors are expecting 25 basis point increase at the March meeting, and if coming economic data continues to be soft. So stay tuned, stay invested, and ignore the noise. You know, markets have been volatile this year. It is exactly this volatility that creates the opportunities that lead to future returns for successful long-term investors. However, over the past month and year, the media continues to view what I call financial propaganda, content that is just useless but extremely harmful as it appeals to our emotions and arouses feelings of fear and greed. The media will tell you that this has been the worst year in 100 years for a conservative investor. What they don't tell you is now it's one of the best times to invest as a conservative investor and to stick to your discipline. Over the past month, not only have financial markets rallied, but some categories like large company value stocks are now up for the year, joining categories like energy pipelines and commodities. The key to successful long-term investing is really very basic. First, you have to have broad diversification. Spread your portfolio across different asset classes. Simply put, don't put all your eggs in one basket or one asset class. It's better to be approximately right than precisely wrong. Second is not to fear volatility, but to embrace it. So try to remember, you don't get good prices with good news. So please enjoy the weekend, ignore the noise, stay invested, and take advantage of those lower prices. Hey, my son, Ryan, and I, we have 68 years of combined industry experience of building low-cost, tax-efficient, gold-based portfolios. For your free evaluation, just simply call 844-752-6692. That's 844-752-6692. Or just simply call 844-PLAN-NYC. That's 844-PLAN-NYC. Hey, this is Bob Payne. I'm the Chief Investment Strategist here at Payne Capital Management.
3: Stop. ED is no laughing matter. This could be caused from low T, high blood pressure, or diabetes. Elevate Wellness can help. Forty percent of men over 40 have experienced this. Make the call to Elevate Wellness now. 973-354-2276. 973-354-2276. The office visit is only $99 and includes exam, blood work, test dose, and consultation. Call Elevate Wellness. 973-354-2276. Or elevatewellnessgroup.com.
2: Welcome back, folks. This is Steve Moore. This is The more Money Show on Talk Radio WADC. Uh, I am really privileged to have a a great great, uh, friend and one of America's great entrepreneurs on the line because I I really wanted to talk to David Sokol today, and he'll tell you a little bit about his business and his background. But David is the co-author of a really great new book called America in Perspective, which is really an optimistic book about what America has achieved and what America can achieve. And David, thanks so much for joining me this afternoon. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, Steve. So uh, before we get into, you know, the the book, uh, I wanted to just ask you if I could, because we have so many young uh, listeners to this show. We have got a great demographic group and people who are just starting out their careers. You're, you know one of those great horatio alger stories of someone who grew up i think you grew up in rural nebraska and built a multi-million dollar business and i wonder what advice would you give to the young people listening to the show about how to how to start out your career if you want to be an entrepreneur and build a successful business what are the two or three things you would advise young people to do
5: well what worked best for me back in the in the early 80s was first to, to you know give every employer I work for one hundred and twenty percent. and from that, you learn a great deal and they'll then be your biggest cheerleaders when you find your opportunity to start a business. And then when you start the business, you know make sure you've thought it through. Uh, you'll mm-hmm. underestimate a lot of things, so make sure you leave yourself uh, a margin of error. Uh, right. but also realize you know that you're a capable individual and that if you take the the plunge and give it a try and it doesn't work, you can always go back and do what you were doing before you started and then and then try it again uh to me that that was the key element of it is not to be scared to get to go at risk after you've thought right. something through
2: i think that's really important david you know i i was in my lifetime i've started 3 businesses um <clears throat> two the first two failed and the third one you know was a modest success you know made money on it and it was a good good business uh and i i always felt like if I hadn't had the two failures, I probably wouldn't have had the success. You can re- learn a lot from your failures, can't you?
5: Yeah, but often you learn more from them. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, and, right. the, and the key, I think, is just to, to have measured risk. You know, when I when I said I was going to start this business, I remember my dad thinking I was crazy because here I was, an engineer working for a successful business, had been promoted a couple times. And and I, I, look, I, I said, Dad, I, I understand what you're thinking, but I said, I can always be an engineer. You know, I've got that skill. I have my license, right. and, and uh, so I'm only taking a measured risk. And uh, now, yeah. my wife probably thought it was a little more measured than I did because we had two kids <laughs> at the time. <laughs> right,
2: but, uh, sure.
5: but but really, it's it's you know think it through and uh, but give it your all. Don't 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 tiptoe.
2: Now, you your book uh, is about America this great land of opportunity. And, you know, sometimes when I despair and I see things going wrong in this country, I wonder whether that uh, opportunity that you and I had when we were growing up still exists. And we've been talking for the last hour on the show about whether the American dream still exists. And by the way, we'll be taking callers in about 10 minutes on that at 1-800-848-9222 is the More Money Hotline. But David, you, you're an optimist on this. So explain to me why people should be... Um, uh, have a rosy outlook for the future of America and that people will have the same opportunity that you had?
5: Well, yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's actually kind of a two-part answer, Steve. One is I, yeah. I am an optimist that if we stick to the basics that our Constitution established for this country and that we that we keep the meritocracy and the market-based economy that our mm-hmm. founding fathers gave us, that's the essence of the American dream is freedom, freedom, yep. Uh, a meritocracy where people can be, do what they want to do given the freedoms they have and and they will rise to the level of, of both their their willingness to work hard and their skill level. and then a market-based economy which will not have government setting prices but have the market valuing the goods and services and, that you can provide. Um, and, and so you can make a, you can make a decision when you're getting an education as to, you know, do I want to be an engineer? Do I want to be a teacher? Do I want to be an artist? Because the market will tell you what the value of those services are, mm-hmm. where if the government interferes, you, you, you're blind to know what your, your value may be in the future. So it's, it's maintaining that, that, that tremendous constitution that we have and the checks and balances it has, um, you know, which, which moves our, our society, you know, based on consensus – not based on political whims or elite views or the intelligentsia, if you will, uh, how they want to tell us to live, but allows us, we the people, to, to maintain control of our lives. So if we do that, I, I have a, I'm a strong believer that uh, that our meritocracy and our market-based system will continue to live, uh, lift the boats uh, of everyone. Not not necessarily proportionally, but but it has proven to lift all the all the boats. Uh, as the economy grows.
2: Well, I've always said the Constitution, uh, you know, uh, guarantees you life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Not not happiness, but that you'll be able to pursue happiness and, and starting a business is certainly one of those pursuits. Now, uh, you know Al, who Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is, I'm sure AOC, as she's known, in Congress. She was ridiculing this idea not long ago about people coming to this country and, quote, pulling themselves up by their bootstraps. And, and she said, you know, that was an old-fashioned idea. What would you say to her?
5: Uh, she's just just plain wrong. And she's, she's also part of the intelligentsia, as she would view it, although I would, I would certainly not use that term myself for her. But, um, but she views herself as part of that. But she's part of that political elite that has destroyed so many countries around the world by believing that governmental interference in a meritocracy and in a a market based society, you know, is somehow going to, to be helpful. It is proven to be disastrous everywhere it's been used. And most there's such an obvious example, just in the city of New York and the state of New York where rent controls have proven to be a disaster for low income people. Right. And, and yet, Unfortunately, we have people like uh, AOC trying to make policy with no educational background whatsoever in economics, um, and all they're looking for is to to make people smile and vote for them rather than actually caring about the outcomes
2: that come yeah. from these policies. Yeah, I think that's right. You know, there's no saying, and in, in regular listeners of this show know I say it all the time, which is that, you know, Marx said that a religion is the opium of uh, masses, and and that the, the appendix to that is that, you know, socialism is the opium of the intellectual class. And, you know, the, you know, people like AOC and so many people at universities and so many people in the media who think that socialism is the way to go. And I, I, when you and I talked a few months ago about your new book, you were saying that one of the reasons you and Adam Brandon of Freedom Works wrote this book was to try to steer the country away from socialism.
5: Yeah, it's, it's to try and wake people up because it's it's interesting to me how many people will actually act like socialism has worked somewhere, you know. Uh-huh. And there's so many examples. Uh, Argentina is a tremendous example. Russia is a tremendous example. You know, the former Soviet Union had had the highest um, quantity of natural resources on a broad based analysis than any country in the world, and yet their GDP is is decreasing. Uh, their, 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 their economy is a disaster. Um, and, you know, you know they're, they're a communist country, uh, effectively, today, uh, but, but based on socialist principles. And, and, and yet they had all these natural resources. And because of government trying to manipulate market values and prices, you end up with enormous corruption and a stagnant economy. And Argentina, you know, when it had a free market society back in the yeah. early 1900s, and a freedom uh, based society it was one of the top economies in the world
6: yeah, um, it
5: was. but as soon as Perone came in and and was able to capture the minds of, of folks with socialism and giveaways um, you know they, they fell out of the top the top 50 of the world's economies and have never recovered um, so so why AOC and people like uh, Bernie Sanders and that you know with all of the data that's out there I, I just wish they yeah. you know there, there's a Tremendous author, Tom Sowell, in a book, Wealth, Poverty, and Politics, that mm-hmm. if they would just read it um, <laughs> and realize all the damage that's been done to people around the world by these false narratives of socialism, um, you know, they could actually probably
2: help the country a little bit instead of trying to destroy it. Well, I think that's a great point. You know, I was privileged, uh, by the way, I was speaking to David Sokol, whose new book is called America in Perspective, and I I was privileged to have known uh, Milton Friedman towards the end of his life, and, you know, he and I became good friends, and I used to see him a a lot in San Francisco when he was at the Hoover Institute, and, you know, he was probably the greatest economist the last 100 years. And I remember towards the end of his life, he was sort of a little bit despairing, and Uh, I remember one of my last meetings that I had with him before he died. He said, you know, Steve, I don't understand this. He said, you know, the enduring lesson of the last century has been that, you know, economic freedom and free market capitalism is is a success and socialism and Nazism and communism and all these other isms are a failure. And yet our American politicians seem to think that we need more socialism. And so uh, we've got one minute left, David. I wanted to ask you one last question in closing. And I appreciate you taking some time off on this holiday weekend to, to uh, educate us. What, if you were to give uh, Joe Biden some advice about what to do to help get this economy moving again, what would you recommend him to do?
5: Well, change his energy policy. And remember, right. the free market policies that this country runs by, and, and stop believing that giveaways and socialism, you know, is, is, is a way to prosperity. It's not, um, and you know, all of their system, all, you know, all of the giveaways that they've got, it's all pandering to either votes um, or, or to please masses of people who, who, who don't necessarily think things all the way through. I, you know, the, the loan forgiveness program for education is a great yeah. example. Fix the system, stop making stupid right. loans um, and, and encouraging kids to take out more money than the, than the degree is going to be worth, but but you know just arbitrarily deciding to give away ten or twenty thousand dollars to people and, and reallocate uh, and not their not their wealth but the, the taxpayers' wealth uh, is going to harm the economy, not help it. And so just get out of the way and let the U.S. economy do what it has done for for uh,
2: two centuries,
5: and and uh, it'll create prosperity across the board
2: that's David Sokol, a good friend and a great author and a great businessman and a great entrepreneur. David, thanks so much for joining us. His book is American Perspective. I've got time to take two or three quick calls. Mr. Producer, if we have them, that number again 1-800-848-9222. Do we have anyone waiting? We'll have All to. All right, let's go to, to Jerry
3: eat. in New Jersey.
2: Jerry, what do you got for us? Sir,
3: Steve, uh, I keep calling on this
5: same subject, but we have to do something to fight this ridiculous ideology of climate crisis and climate emergency. I talk to people all the time. They know nothing about climate. They know nothing about climate history. Uh, They've managed to conflate these issues because if you're a real environmentalist, if you're interested in controlling emissions, that has absolutely nothing to do with climate change. Yeah, right. But they've grouped these all together they made people think that uh, humans can actually change the climate i mean that's you would have been in, yeah. sent to bedlam back in the uh, and now we we've, we've taken this to the point where we're we're uh, conducting eco uh, you know jihads against the third
2: world so eco- i i got to go- move on to another call but before i let you go uh do you think the united states should have to pay climate reparation payments to other countries?
5: They should be paying us.
2: <laughs> I agree. I agree. Great call. Yeah, they should be paying us money. We shouldn't be paying them. Can we slip in one more caller, Mr. Producer? Yes, let's go to Tony and Clifton. Tony, we just got about uh, two minutes left. What do you got for us, sir? Thanks for calling in. Hi, this is Tony. I retired a few years ago, and I moved quite a bit, and I want to fix up a home. Uh, but life is short and you can't take it with you. Uh, so in this economy, my investment person is saying, don't take too much all at once. So I did some fixing this year and I want to do some fixing next year. Uh, not being too crazy with it, but to fix up your home is just as important as saving your money. I would think. So what's your take on all this? Yeah, we got to save, 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 save. That's the culture of America. Save and invest. I love it. Good point. Okay, I'm going to try to squeeze in one more in the last 90 seconds we've got. Mr. Producer, do we have one more caller? Yep,
3: let's go to Ron in New Jersey.
2: Ron, you're our last caller. Thanks for calling in, my friend. I hope you had a happy happy Thanksgiving. What do you got for us?
3: Oh, I did, sir. Thank you
6: so much. I'm not going to be as interesting as Mr. Sokol, of course, but I just wanted to mention to you about you want to comment on the American dream. Well, I can give you my view of the American dream. Please. Uh, day school in New Jersey, I would read the financial papers every day, and I'd look at my friends and someday I'm going to work on Wall Street, okay? Well, I, yep. in 1978, I graduated university and did not get my first spot. I was, I was given a trading desk seat on July 1st, 1980, at Garban. okay? Oh, my God. So yep. I know an awful lot about bond trading and what goes on. I just retired recently. Um, I did what my grandmother always told me was to, before you pay anybody else, pay yourself first. Save uh-huh. your money, okay? Yeah. I'm done. I'm not working anymore. I feel happy. I finally got away from it all. And you know have what? You I enough,
4: think,
6: have you got enough I'm, money I, for, re- for your retirement? I'm happy. I'm good. I'm oh, not I'm not super wealthy, but I'm good. And the thing is, is, the big impetus to anybody in this country is to learn how to make money. Right. Once they learn how to make money, and you get yeah. used to that, that the incentive is just limitless. So you're saying that the, the American
2: dream is alive and well.
6: Absolutely. There isn't anybody who comes to this country who wants to do something with themselves cannot do it. All it takes Amen. is determination, the, the, the determination and the ability in, and the belief in one's own self.
2: Period is oh that. That is so profound. I love it. I love it. Great call. Folks, I hope you had a wonderful, wonderful Thanksgiving. I think the consensus is the American dream is alive and well. We've got a lot of work to do in this country to get back to the virtues that made this country wonderful. But we are still the number one country in the world. God bless America. God bless you. I hope you have a wonderful time. By the way, tomorrow my kids leave after having a wonderful weekend. My second favorite day is when they leave. My first favorite day is when they come. See you next week. Same time. This is The More Money Show on WABC Talk.